Welcome to Counseling Over Coffee, a podcast of Redeemer Counseling Group. Whether you are listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Stitcher, we are happy to have you. And if you enjoy this podcast, it helps if you rate and review us, particularly on Apple Podcasts. And of course, any sharing of the podcast on social media is greatly appreciated. For more information about Redeemer Counseling Group, you can visit our website at RedeemerCounselingGroup.com or look us up on Facebook. And with that, here is Cherie with Counseling Over Coffee. Merry Christmas to you. I'm recording this podcast a few days after Christmas 2021. And for many, including our family, the Omicron variant of COVID-19 impacted celebrations. We live in Florida. So when we learned that some of our people were sick or had been exposed, we were able to move everything outdoors, including our tree, so most of the family could attend, but several of my friends had to postpone Christmas altogether. I hope that wasn't you as well. I reached out to one of my nieces who had COVID in her house and had to cancel Christmas and just ask how she was doing. And she responded to my text asking about that with a very brief, I'm sick, sad, exhausted. So needless to say, Christmas wasn't the best for many, resulting in weighty fatigue and discouragement. And if you're one of those, I'm truly sorry. Few things hit people harder who love Christmas and anticipate getting with family and friends than a crummy holiday. I've been thinking about one of my favorite Christmas songs, and it's O Holy Night. The lyrics of that song and the melody combine in such a powerful way. It's amazing how music can move the heart and the emotions, and this gorgeous song gets me almost every time. I thought I'd share with you some of the story, in case you haven't heard it, about how this song came to be, and it's a good one. It was 1843, and a priest from a really small town in France did what was common for clergy to do in those days. He asked a known artist to write a song for the church's Christmas Eve Mass, and the poet who wrote the lyrics, was so pleased with his Cantique de Noel, as he called it, that he wanted the music, the melody, to match how awesome the poem was. And he wasn't a musician, so he turned to a musician friend. I'm sorry, I can't pronounce either of these men's names to add the music. And it's no surprise that this beautiful Christmas hymn became immensely popular in France and within less than a decade throughout the world. There are some really fascinating aspects to this story that you can read about if you'd like, including why France prohibited singing that song for some time, but I'll leave that to you. The Really cool fact that I wanted to mention, though, was that in 1906, O Holy Night 
was the first song ever sent through the airwaves via radio. I thought that was really cool. You know how you hear a song and certain lyrics seem to stand out to you even if you've heard it over and over again? Well, over the past few weeks, as I've been repeatedly hearing this song, four words out of these three powerful verses of lyrics have stuck out to me. And here they are. The weary world rejoices. I know quite a few weary people. As a counselor, I hear the sad stories of why people are weary right now. But I'm also a wife, a mom, a grandmother, a friend who sees and feels the weariness in my own soul as I watch those I love longing for relief from sickness or financial strain and relationships that are broken and children whose path is taking them far from God. You don't have to look far to find the sometimes stubborn cloud of weariness, not just in a world battling the fatigue of a COVID pandemic. Just look in the eyes of your neighbors, of the clerks at your grocery store, your family members and co-workers and friends, or for some of us, honestly, just look in the mirror. A weary world rejoices. Those four words are providing me two powerful, comforting assurances. First, they validate our weariness. This phrase says, we're not alone in our exhaustion. The world is weary, even like it was in the nearly 200 years ago when the song was written. Now, the lyrics of this beautiful hymn were clearly pointing to the coming Savior, the, the coming break of a, of a new and glorious morn looked forward from the Savior's birth to his atoning death and resurrection that would break the ultimate change of oppression Verse 3 addresses, yet the good news is that Jesus is still saving and redeeming the weary. He's still invading yours and my weary worlds. And there's plenty to explain our weariness. Perhaps another Christmas of unplanned singleness with no one special to shop for and no children to wake you up at 5 a.m. to open gifts. No one to snuggle with to watch those movies you watched alone again this year. Or mounting financial worries that keep you awake and tempt you to just want to throw up your hands and get into more debt. Or maybe it's a marriage you know is drifting into deeper disconnection and nothing you've tried is fixing things. Perhaps a sick or a special needs child, aging parents, chronic pain, a car that needs more costly repairs, unresolved conflicts with family members you haven't spoke to, excuse me, spoken to and wait too long. Maybe you can hear 
some of the fatigue in my voice tonight. Or perhaps you found porn on the phone or computer again. The list goes on. Weariness can feel like a yapping dog chasing you down and nipping at your feet with every step. You just want it to shut up and go away. Or maybe it feels like being lost in fog. You're alone and nobody knows where you are or how to find you and there's no way out of it. It just is. Or for you, weariness might feel like you have no strength to keep going, but you just keep taking one step after the other because people are depending on you. Like, I don't know, like being on a treadmill. You want to get off and rest, but there's just no power off button. When I feel weary, it's always helpful to know I'm not alone. There's not something wrong with me. Others are tired too, and there are good reasons why. If you're bone tired today, I hope just knowing I'm doing a podcast on weariness will bring you some kind of relief. The second thing those four words in the hymn do for me is they remind me that we are invited to rejoice in our weariness. Have you ever felt that having one thing means you're saying you don't have something else? Let me try to make sense of that. It's like when you're experiencing peace in a hard marriage, and that must mean you've exaggerated how challenging it is to be married to this person, right? Or showing love to someone who hurt you could send the message that what they did wasn't all that bad. Think about it. Having joy in our weariness can feel like we're saying, oh, I'm better now, so things have gotten better, things have changed, and now I can be happy. But that's not true. In fact, Joy is most brilliant when it's set on the backdrop of something dark. Joy is expected when we're full of energy and hope and wonderful things are happening in our lives that would produce joy for anyone. But joy is amazing. It's surprising and inspiring when it happens in the hardest of circumstances. Some weeks ago, I was at a conference with several hundred other pastors and wives, and my son was playing bass on the worship team one night, so I went into the room to watch and to listen. In fact, I think this might have been the first night of the conference. From across the room, I saw my longtime friend, Julie, and she walked up with her characteristic wide smile, and we shared a warm hug. I've known Julie for close to 40 years. Our husbands served together on the pastoral team of a church in Northern Virginia. Our kids grew up together, and a couple of them actually remain friends to this day. We vacationed and did homeschool outings and enjoyed trips to see fall leaves or to cut down a Christmas tree together. And over the years, since we no longer live close to one another, we see each other annually at this conference. And I always look forward 
to seeing Julie. But this was the first time I saw her bald. A return of breast cancer leaves Julie in chemo treatments, praying along with many of us for more years of loving her large family and opening her home as she has for decades to countless people for food and fellowship or even a place to live. She's tired. She and her husband cry together, fearing an uncertain future. These are hard days for my friend. But at that conference, excuse me, I encountered joy. The same joy I've loved about her for nearly four decades. Joy in seeing old friends, joy in rehearsing with me and others that God is still good and faithful, even when the painful lump she felt was the return of cancer. Watching her worship as passionately and expressively as ever filled my heart with praise to the God who can move on the hearts of the fatigued and fearful and protect and produce joy. Joy that doesn't minimize hardship and suffering, but actually validates it by saying, the only way I can have joy right now is because Christ himself is at work in me. This kind of joy in struggle and weariness truly only comes from the God who became that baby boy born on Christmas Day. Matthew eleven twenty eight is one of the most loving and warm verses to me in Scripture, where Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. There's no indication that the rest Jesus is offering here means a change of circumstances. He's not saying he will necessarily take the burdens from us. In fact, the passage goes on to say we will continue to have a yoke, which means a service or a burden. But Christ's yoke is easy and his burden is light. This verse doesn't say, go get rid of all of your burdens, go repent of all of your anxieties and your weariness, and then come to me and I'll help you. No, Jesus is inviting to come in our weariness and with our heavy burdens. And why is his yoke easy and his burden light? Not because we experience some kind of sudden change, and it's not hard or bad anymore. Sometimes God does this kind of miraculous deliverance, but most of the time, the change comes from within us. Because in the heaviness and weariness, we receive the rest Jesus offers. Rest that isn't dependent on what's happening around us, but his presence and power in us. The poet of O Holy Night preceded his words, A Weary World Rejoices, 
with a reference to the thrill of hope. I love that because hope is thrilling, especially when it emerges in the weariness of life in a broken world full of all the reasons to get and stay tired. Hope isn't thrilling when everything is going well, but it's absolutely thrilling when it comes in the fog of weariness. So if you're one of the weary right now, I want to invite you to stop after this podcast is finished in just a moment. Stop and don't move on to the next thing, but linger with the Lord and try to identify what or who is the source of your weariness. It's actually helpful to name what is troubling or tempting us because only then can we go to God with our heavy burden instead of thinking we can only go to God without it. Jesus invites us to come to him when we are heavy laden with the worries and heartaches that weigh on and exhaust us. Taking our burdens to a throne of grace where we are promised mercy and help in our time of need is the path to rest. So I pray you'll join me because when I finish this podcast, I'm going to do this very thing. Let's take our heavy burden to the one who offers rest and hope. I don't know, maybe just the act of faith and humility that going to Jesus will require of us will actually produce the beginning of joy in our weariness. Thank you.